What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Full 90 Podcast. Today is part two with Cody Lorendi. Uh, and yeah, we talk about his transition from footballer to agent. Um, Cody just talks about kind of what he looks for in clients, um, you know, some things that he tries to distance himself from uh, in terms of like the the image of agents at the minute, maybe. Um, and then, yeah, just what, again, what he looks for in clients, the people that he works with, uh, Cody's a good guy himself and he just, you know, he prides himself on being a consistent agent as he did a, a consistent player. So I really enjoyed this. Then I asked a few questions about the financial side, how he charges his clients, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one and hope you're enjoying, uh, leave us a rating or review and pass us along to a colleague, a teammate or a friend. And uh, without any further ado, here's Agent Cody and I. Okay, so we kind of, we've gotten to, through your career, let's talk a little bit about your your current career and where you have transitioned. Uh, if you kind of just want to give a little rundown. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, so, so now I work as a registered intermediary agent, player representative, whatever terminology you want to use. Um, the impetus for me within this profession came from being a part of the USL Players Association. Um, back in 2018, 11 of us got together and basically said, hey, uh, without being dramatic, you know, enough is enough, right? Um, there's still they being clubs. They're still able to offer you zero dollar contracts and pay you an opportunity, as they as as I say, right? Mm-hmm. Yet there's gate revenue that they're making. There's they're talking about TV rights at the time, so on and so forth. Now, being respectful to the league itself, they've grown massively, right? And players are now using the USL to then you know springboard them to Europe or to MLS deals, what have you, but. Back in, back in, I mean, shoot, as early as 2020, there were still $0 contracts. So the perception versus the reality of being a pro in the U.S. was skewed beyond belief. There were guys that were, they were, and I don't say this to be dramatic, they were choosing between groceries and a new pair of boots. And these are guys that are on TV playing. Yeah. Like, it didn't make any sense. So... 11 of us got together back in 2018 and we just steadily built out what is now the USLPA. Um, We would have weekly meetings like this, Zoom calls. We, we, and we learned, we learned how to go through a negotiation. We learned how to um, be formally recognized or what what it takes to be formally recognized by the league itself. That way we are the official, official bargaining entity, if you will, for the players. Um, the players voted on it, uh, you know, and, and now we're at a place where we have minimum compensation. We have minimum packages where, where players, you know, they still are, don't don't get me wrong, still, still are working second jobs, but they at least have income. Right. And it's, and it's for a set amount of time. It's, uh, it's not necessarily what they call prorated contracts where once your season is over your pay stops which is wild but that's the reality um 
And the reason why is mutually beneficial, right? If you can provide, if you can provide a league that is, has structure financially for players, right? You're going to get a higher caliber of player that is becoming, will become interested in your league. Therefore, upping the quality of play that you see week in and week out, therefore putting more eyeballs and decision maker eyeballs on your league to then possibly move these players from the USL to Europe, from the USL to the MLS, right? So went through this whole long five, six year process to get to what we now have is our first ever collective bargaining agreement. Um, going through it, that is where I was, my interest was really sparked in working for players, representing players. And I know people have seen Entourage. I know people have seen Ballers. Um, that's not me. Like the, the Ari Gold approach, you know, the FU pay me approach, that's not how I do business. Um, because it screws up, in my opinion, it screws up repeat business. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and my goal as a player agent, player representative is not to be somebody who's like, yeah, Kyle, I'll do, we got club A is interested in you. Um, I'll make sure that they pay my agent fee. I'll get you set up. And then, um, don't call me, I'll call you. Right. That's, that's not what this is. I, I tell every person that I work for. I want to be as involved as your career or in your career as you will let me. We we can have we can have bitch sessions if you want. If you want to just talk to me about the injustices that you're currently going through at your club because your coach, right, yada yada yada, this player, whatever. Listen, I'll listen to you, but you got to understand. I'm also going to cut you off here and say, hey, can we control X, Y, and Z? No, we can't. So let's focus on A, B, and C. So. My approach is more holistic in the sense of, is there anything you need me to take care of, right? Um, you know, are you happy where you're at? Do you want me to start the negotiations or the conversation at least or surrounding extending your contract? Um, what's going on off the field? Is there a way that I can maybe connect you or maybe through my network, connect you with somebody in the area that can maybe supplement some income by you, you know, getting to network with this business or this person or... Uh, what have you. So I've kind of just used the blueprint that I've taken as a player to help the next generation. Right. And, and uh, don't get me wrong. It's, I, I get great joy out of this. Like I want to be their biggest supporters, both on the men's and the women's side. And I think what's really important um, is that you keep the player first and foremost, you promote the player first and foremost. Cause I know you see these, you see agents, and they use this term, my player. And that drives me insane. Because like my player, that tells me everything, that, that tells me your approach because it's it's based in your ego. Whereas the player or my client, right? You can say my client, I'm cool with that. But my player, like you have ownership over this person? No, you work for this person, right? That's my approach. I put the player first. I'll gladly call them my client or my client list, but my player, like you have any, any doing of like their, their result or how they do it, you know, at a match on a weekend that just kind of really irks me. So, uh, observing that 
Um, and then additionally observing players and speaking with players that are unhappy with their current representatives simply because they can never get a hold of them. Um, they may be going through something that they need somebody to talk to and, you know, the, their current representative is not willing to give them the time of day for whatever reason. Um, I'm there to fill in the gaps and by filling in the gaps, building a reputation uh, of trust, of reliability ultimately in my opinion will help grow and I, I i'd like to believe more people that have my my mindset my approach surrounding player representation will kind of gravitate towards this business because there are good people there are a lot of good people in this business but the agents that make it all about themselves right kind of give you give them a, a black eye yeah you hear about the the super agents in this day right. and age but right you know, it sounds definitely like you're you're more focused on the relationship then and then the business act aspect not to say it's secondary but the relationship it is obviously the most important when you're correct. looking for a client correct because look uh, and i've had and i think anybody that i've worked for over the past two and a half three years will say like even even ones that have decided to go another direction like for whatever reason you don't have to give me a reason it's it's all it's all good i keep it cordial look you're not going to hurt my feelings right ultimately if you feel like going with another agent or another agency is going to open a door that I possibly can't all good. All good. I'm still here. Right. I'm here if you need me. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be the, the, the safety net, if you will. Right. Not, not multiple times. Like don't, you know, don't come and go, come and go. Yeah. It's always gonna be, no, like there's a, there's a point where I'm like, okay, enough's enough. Um, but Hey, if, if you feel whatever player feels like, Hey, listen, it's just, you know, my connections aren't what they're looking for, or I'm not able to get them anything. And he, he, they, you know, he or she thinks that somebody else can do it for them. Great. I support you 100%. And that's genuine. And it comes back to you. It, it really, really comes back to you. So my, my role in all of this is one setting expectation. Massive. I am never, never, ever going to promise anything i will the only thing i'll promise is that i will work my hardest for you i'll make the calls i'll reach out to my network i'll explain that not only is this player one that you need to have on the field but their value add in the locker room as well which is equally as important i was um, yeah i was gonna sorry not to no, interrupt that's an yeah. important factor that you just mentioned there yeah uh because again coaches don't want headaches yeah coaches especially at the USL level. Coaches aren't just coaches. They're also um, required to do community outreach, community service, go out to the youth clubs. Like, so they're busy, right? So they need more of the finished product than the, than, than the project, if you will, right? And, you know, I am an advocate. That is, that is what I do. I advocate for, for the player, um, their abilities on the field. And then, and like I said, in the locker room, what's their personality like? Because those are the questions that are asked. What are the, what are, you know, and some clubs look, I've, there has been player, there have been players that I work for that have had clubs that were interested, call their youth soccer coach. They like, do you want know to talk about turning every rock over, if you will, yeah, no or, or leaving no stone unturned? Like they have gone that deep to figure out, hey, is this person going to be a good fit? So it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, my, my role can be, 
it, it can get uh, overwhelming at times, but you keep things in perspective. Um, I heard early on, I would answer every phone call at any time of the day. But since I've since I've kind of grown a little bit in this space and understanding and people understanding and valuing your time and respecting your time, I generally say this, I will be the best agent I possibly can until 5 p.m. If it's an emergency, absolutely. But if you're just calling me because of some BS that went on that day, we can talk about it tomorrow, right? And I think early on when you're building anything, right? It's, uh, I'm taking every call. I'm saying yes to everything, I'm, you know, so on and so forth. Look, I've, I'll be completely, I'll be very candid with you. I took on way too many players this past off season and wasn't able to, I, I didn't, I, I didn't bat a thousand as they say, I, yeah. you know, some players still without clubs, still without contracts, some players left, you know, but I, I learned, I learned from it. Hey, I have to be a little bit more, um, selective with the players that I work for. And that's not, that that's not being egotistical. That's not being big time. But I also know if I spread myself too thin, I'm not going to give the best version of myself to, to, to the clients that I do work for. Is there a, a specific, what do you look for in a client? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, starting off, I look at at least as close to the finished product as possible. I very, there's very few rookies that I work for. Um, uh, a body of work that initially there, it's an individual who's unhappy with their current representation. Simple. That has, okay. that has video to work off of. And I think that's the, probably the easiest way to get your name out there initially because, and again, I didn't mention this, but I'm independent, right? So it's just me, it's me and my dad, my dad handles all, all things invoicing and player agent documentation and everything like that. I do all player acquisition. I'm always in communication with clubs um, through the through the network that I've built throughout the years. So it's a it's a thin organization. I don't have 20 other people working for me in time. Yeah, I would love to build this thing as big as I possibly can have other agents come in, you know, and develop a network that way. But um, from a player standpoint, I, I look at it like the, the easiest or the, the most frictionless way to get involved is to have as close to the finished product as possible. And then, and now what I'm doing is that, and I'm layering in it, layering in those people that are in those locker rooms that are speaking to the academy player. Hey, who's your representative? Oh, I don't have one. Well, you might want to talk to Cody. That is how I'm kind of finding my way into this, the up and coming, the 17, 18 year old demographic, if you will, um, versus traveling, you know, everywhere. Cause it's, it's, it's expensive and this is not, I'm not, I'm not making a million dollars here, right? It's a, you have to be very, um, tuned in with where your expenses, your expenditures are going, right? Because the, the agent fees aren't that aren't massive. We're not talking $50,000 agent fees for one player. You know, we're talking $5,000 for a player. Mm -hmm. And that's, so, and that's the upper end. Yeah, of course. Right. Um, so what you said, finished product a couple of times, what yeah. does that, what does that mean to you? 
so to me, it's, it's a body of work that has been consistent over a few years, right? So if you're a striker and you're average, you can average, um, I don't know, handful of goals a season, you know, you can contribute. Um, if you're a goalkeeper and you have 30, 40 matches under your belt and you've, you, you have, you know, at that point you have double digit, uh, shutouts, right? Or if you were part of a winner, a winning team, right? Um, players that have, because film is so important and why scout is so important. And these clubs that are very budget sensitive, that can't just have, send a scout to go watch a game in another country or what have you, they use, you know, programs like why scout where it's like, if I present a player to a club in the off season and there's nothing to go off of versus, uh, you know, the only thing that they can go off of is my word. Mm -hmm. I'm not at that point yet. I I can't say, hey, trust me, you're going to want to have a look at this at this player. Yeah. So I have to, I have to have a uh, extensive, no, not extensive, at least, you know, a a good base of film for these players to for these clubs to look at these players to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So it's the the finished product is more on the football side of things. Correct. Correct. And then uh, again, getting back to the person behind the player, having these conversations, getting to know what is it that you want, right? When I'm talking to a player, because I I can only work within what you want. Some players are like, look, I only want to stay in North America, right? Or other players are like, I don't care. I can go play in you know Lithuania or Serbia or where, where have you. So asking these questions, it's like, what is it that you want out of your career? That way I can best be of service. That's a That's a question I ask every phone call every phone call i make with a new player is what is it that let me hear from you exactly what it is that you want because we all because human nature i think you kind of just assume and you don't want to just assume because you could you know find a great opportunity for a player like i've again to be completely honest i had an opportunity for a player in lithuania and or or was it lithuania yeah somewhere one of those one of those l countries she was going to, she was going to go. And then she, we hop on a zoom call like we're doing right now and she's bawling her eyes out. And I'm just like, look, I'm, my job is not to convince you at all. As soon mm-hmm. as I'm in, as soon as I'm trying to convince you that it's a good idea, then I'm setting myself up for, for failure here because you're going to get there and everything is that is bad about the opportunity is going to be, um, uh, at the forefront. At the forefront. And you can be like, Cody, why did you set me up here? So it's not my job to convince. It's my job to provide the information. I will give you my my opinion, right? Um, but ultimately, it's your decision. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Or, excuse me, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity or not. I'll still support you. No problem. Right? But it's also important for me not to be the voice that's saying, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. You should go do it. Okay. I like that. You know, pushing players to to take a contract just because it's something that's available is not something yeah. that I like about yeah. the agent side sometimes. Yeah, know? of course. Honestly, because it's like, well, it's self-serving, right? Because if I'm the agent, I'm saying, yeah, Kyle, go do it right now because I know I'm gonna make, they're going to make a commission off of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I'm not. As soon as I get to doing that, that's when your reputation takes a massive hit. And that's what this business is, is, is reputation based, yeah. right? Who, you know, who, who do you trust? Who trusts you? Um, 
you know, and I'm very cognizant of that. I, for it's very short sighted again to look at things of like, oh, well, I can make a couple grand off of this player in this you know window, um, but they're never gonna want, they're never gonna work with me again. It's like that's 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 gross. Yeah. That's gross. So. Yeah. Um, so I do want to ask a little bit about like the, the financial side or, or how you kind of work. Um, you know, if there's something that we need to edit out later, then then no problem. But what is the typical like agreement that you have with a player look like? Yeah. So I do it a little differently. There is no set amount of time that I work for you. So some agents, some agencies will lock players in for like two years at a time. Mm -hmm. But what I've observed through conversations throughout the years is guys, they're unhappy or girls that are unhappy, but they have another year left on their contract with their agency. So to me, I take the stance of, hey, I want to work for people that want me to work for them. And I also don't want to stand in their way if they want to explore other options. So what I do is this. I said, it's totally up to the player, right? We signed this player agent agreement. Um. I work for you. There's a 10% fee and I'll get into how that fee is broken down in a minute. But if you are unhappy with my level of service, right? Uh, you're free to leave. Now there's, if I, if I'm able to secure you a contract, right? You still owe 50% of what, you know, was negotiated while I worked for you. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily like free and clear because then people will just use you. Yeah, of course. It will just use has to be some line. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But also want to to say, hey, look, I, if you want to explore other opportunities, go for it, go for it. Um, so my fee is a ten percent fee, and it's a ba- it's ten percent fee off of your base salary. So if you're getting a housing stipend, bonuses, um, you things of that nature, I'm not entitled to any of that. Okay. Additionally, my in my negotiation. I do my best to have the club pay as yeah. much as they possibly can in that up to that 10% fee. So for conversational sake, right, Kyle, if I were, if I represent you and the club is willing to contribute 5% of the agent fee, then you're only on the hook for 5%, right? My goal is to keep as much money in my client's pocket as possible and have the club themselves pay for it. Um, some clubs would take, the whole agent and say, yep, we'll, we'll write you a check or we'll wire you, um, you know, your agent fee, um, you know, and, and we'll do that every year that your client is under contract with us. That's the best case scenario. Cause then the player, there's no, there's no fee that's outside, you know, that's, that's owed by the player to me and everybody's, you know, everybody's happy now. Um, why it's not uniform is every club operates differently. Like, Clubs in Europe that have been doing it and then just understand it's the price of doing business. There's the cost of doing business versus there's some clubs here in the U S that are like agent fee. What's that? Like, so it's, um, it's a club by club basis. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's, it's my goal is to keep as much money in the client's pocket as possible. It's my 10% comes from your base salary. Like if you score a goal or if you're a goalkeeper and you have a clean sheet and we've negotiated, you know, gold bonuses, clean sheet bonuses, you know, all that stuff, player of the week bonuses. That's all yours. I, I didn't earn that. You earned that. Um, you know, and then on top of that, you get 
you get the, or, you know, I work for you until you tell me otherwise. Is there a, you kind of hinted at it, but what would be like the, the typical U.S. club or is there a typical? Man, um, that's, yeah, that's, they a pay? that's a, that's a really good question. Look, I mean, sometimes if I've, I've developed relationships with players that have just recently signed new contracts that I had nothing to do with and they want me to represent them for their next deal. Um, so you could realistically, you could do two years of work for a player and not get anything. Um, I would say from a USL standpoint, um, most clubs contribute three to 5%. Okay. All right. And that's three to 5%. Like, like, so I have a client, uh, that the club is contributing 5% to, and that 5% is like $2,500. Okay. So that means he's on the hook for $2,500 as well. Right. So, um, there's other clubs, there's, there's other clubs in the U S that, like I had mentioned, it, it's totally on the player. So what I do is the first, one of the first questions I ask when I go into a negotiation is, do you pay agent fees? Because if you don't, then I'll nego- I'll anchor, or I'll do my best to anchor the negotiation for the player at a higher salary. Of course. That, right. That way, Hey, you would accept you know, you would accept X amount of dollars, but I'm going to go above and beyond because we're probably going to settle somewhere in the middle. And then, you know, my fee isn't as big of a blow. So it's, it's not, it's not rocket science, man. It's just communication. It's, it's, you're, you're dealing with people and look, some days, of course, just like any, any business, any line of work, some days are better than others. Some days it kind of feels like, I got nothing going on. And then other days it's like, oh my gosh, my phone will not stop ringing, you know? But I think having having people that reach out to you, not just for professional services, but personal advice, I get great satisfaction from that. And I, I'm making it my career, right? Yeah. It's, it's It takes time. Hey, when you're building anything, anything takes time. Right. But it's it's very fulfilling that players that I work for feel valued um, and know that they're supported. That's because the money, the money side will come. Right. But it's it's all the other stuff that goes into building personal relationships and being being genuine, making everybody feel like a somebody and being their biggest cheerleader when they win or they score a goal or have an assist or you know, clean sheet, whatever. I I feel like I am making a difference. You know, I'm not Mother Teresa. I'm not saying that, but I do genuinely feel like I am able to help these uh, the the collective experiences that I have have had as a player. I'm able to now pay it forward. Okay, we we spoke about this a little um, and kind of getting away from the agent side, but um, do you feel like there's more of a uh, like a clear path to becoming a pro in the U.S. now uh, versus when you when you were starting your career. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's I, I think what's really cool is the structure that's come in. Like you're 16 years of age, 15 years of age, and you got pro, you got decision makers from these pro clubs. Their eyeballs are on you. That's like that. That's unheard of. Yeah. You know when I was coming up. I was playing ODP at 15. ODP, exactly. I was crushed when I didn't make ODP. 
Um, and that was like, I looked at that as like, oh, well, that's my soccer career done. I didn't get chosen, <laughs> you know, but, um, but no, I think the structure that has come into the U.S., the opportunity, right? The world is becoming smaller and smaller. And a lot of it has to do with, with, um, you know, technology, but then, you know, from a marketing standpoint, look, Europe wants the American soccer player because not just what they can do on the field, but the marketing possibilities and the sponsorship opportunities that come along with it. So if you're good at an early age, right, and you're identified, you have this structure in place to where, you know, yeah, it's a, lo a lot of it is on you, but you're going to have every opportunity to maximize your potential. Um, whereas before, there was none of it. There was none of it. So it's uh, it's definitely advanced massively. Um, however, however, there is a big difference between physical maturity and emotional maturity. And what we see in the US is we see a lot of kids that may look the part, but mentally they're not prepared for the reality of professional football. And I feel over, if we look, if we have this, if we look back in 10 years time, it's my, it's of my opinion that you're going to have shorter careers because kids are going to start earlier. They're going to experience setbacks, not, not all, some, not all, but they're going to experience these setbacks. They're going to experience the reality of being a professional football footballer versus the perception. And we're going to see who has the mental makeup for it. That's interesting. I think um, Iceland are actually having a similar issue at the minute. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot more interest from, uh, obviously there's always Scandinavian interest, but there's been interest from Italy uh, in 16, 17, 18 year olds. And right. you're kind of seeing a trend where these guys that go out, they they end up coming back in, in like, you know, in 2021 right. or at the age of 2021. And right. they're kind of, they they've gone abroad which they pref they refer to as professional over here and then yeah. they kind of come back they're having to come back with the tail between their legs basically because they haven't broken into the first team or whatever and they're having to come back to iceland to play in the first team uh to get first team minutes you know That's so it's an interesting phenomenon yeah yeah and and look if you if you if you're a well-adjusted young person and you could look at that as, hey, I still have years ahead of me versus, oh, it's I'm a, it's a failure, right? That's very, very important. That's good. That's a big, that's a big indicator in the stick-to-itiveness, right? If you're going to be able to go out, okay, it didn't quite work then. Let's come back. Let's, you know, reevaluate. Let's keep pushing forward. And who knows? I'm, I'm 20, 21 years of age. I still have a lifespan, yes, of a field player. You know, if you're 30, you've kind of beat the odds here, um, but you still have time, right? And I think a lot, I think it's important that the view of what is and what is not a failure, quote unquote, um, be kept in, uh, keep everything in perspective, if you will, yeah. right? Because you're going to go for it. Hey, so you'll, you're going to fail, get back up, do it. What is it? Fall, fall nine times, get back up 10. What I worry about and the point I'm trying to make is I'm worried that young people aren't equipped with that mentality of 
you know, the, 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 that grit, if you will, for lack yeah. of a better term of like, all right, this, this one didn't work out. This, this club didn't value what I bring to the table, but that doesn't mean, uh, that, you know, that's one person's opinion, if you will. And it is a game of opinions. So I think that that aspect of it is what I worry about with this, with the next generation. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I think we'll kind of, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thanks for joining the show and, uh, as I really enjoyed the conversation, just hearing about your journey, of course, and then your transition to the to the agent side uh, of yeah. the game. Okay, well, I think we'll kind of uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thanks for joining the show, and uh, as I really enjoyed the conversation, just hearing about your journey, of course, and then your transition to the to the agent side uh, of yeah. the game. Oh, Kyle, man, I can't thank you enough. This is uh, this is really good. And look, you're going to it's important. These conversations are important to understand the person behind the player or the per person behind the professional, right? Because, um, it's cathartic, if you will, it's, it kind of gets all these emotions, all of these experiences out there for people that may be struggling, right? Maybe going through their own, uh, uh, trials and tribulations and to understand, you know, without getting, uh, you know, in the weeds here, um, that, Hey, you're not alone, right. When you're going through this and it's a tremendous, uh, it, it's, it's a tremendous achievement in itself to have a goal and to go for it versus sit on the sideline and say, well, I coulda, or I woulda, or I shoulda. No, nah, man, I think, um, oh, well, oh, well, I went for it and maybe I, it, maybe I failed or maybe I, yeah, whatever failure is, or it didn't succeed that that far outweighs I wish or I shoulda or I coulda. So because our audience are young, young aspirational people that are willing to bet on themselves, outlets like this are important. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of why I've, why I've started, obviously. I love it, dude. I love it. Kyle, I can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate it. Of course. If you made it this far, I just want to thank you. I uh, just know I appreciate each and every listener. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this particular show and this particular guest. Uh, if you're enjoying the show as a whole, I just ask you to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, and then be sure to pass this on to a friend, colleague, teammate, uh, or an aspiring footballer that you may know. Uh, and again, I just want to thank you for listening to the Full 90 Podcast.